Um, it's been said a lot, but I'll just say some thank yous as well. I just, man, the praise team, you guys, so amazing. Last night and this morning, I just love our worship time. It's felt so sweet. You guys put so much effort and intentionality into it. And the rest of it's up to us. We're, y'all can only do so much as the leaders. We got to get into it, respond, worship also alongside you guys as the choir. And I feel like last night and this morning, we've really been doing that in a way that, like Leslie said, we don't typically see as much on Sundays. And, um, but I appreciate y'all having such a heart for our community and really putting so much thought into worship and hearing from Will and Mateo this morning. Excellent. Um, thank y'all for sharing about where you're at in your faith. That's really encouraging to me, and I know everyone else, just hearing where we're at and that progress is being made and specifics about what God's doing in your lives is, is huge. So thank y'all for sharing about that. Um, so uh, good news, guys. I have less time than, than normal, than a normal Sunday or whatever. Um, I didn't practice or time this at all, and I have no idea how long it is, but uh, I don't know that it's actually that much shorter, so I'm just going to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Devin and I were joking at one point about how he's like, you never really go over, but you also never give us a short one either. And I was like, I don't think I know how. So we're going to go fast. We're going to go furious. We're going to Tokyo drift this and see what happens. Um, so first, like a little bit of information I wanted to give you guys. There's a new church plant that I want to tell you guys about. There's a place in DFW area that we've become aware of that uh, were many people who are there just hurting and they're lonely and they're lost. It's a place where the many voices of this age pull people this way and that way. It's a place at the front lines of modern questions about culture, identity, and truth. It's a place where people believe all sorts of lies about themselves and about other people. It's a place where people are petrified by anxiety. It's a place where there's strong political division and hate in people's hearts toward others. Some of it's obvious and some of it's very deep and hidden. A place where the population growth has been strong for decades and the growth of the churches has not been. The population growth outpaces the growth of the churches immensely. It's a place where young people flock in droves and spend key years of their lives making decisions that will set the course for the rest of their lives. It's a place in desperate need of God, desperate need to hear the good news and experience Jesus' love. This place deeply needs the presence, commitment, and relationship with godly people. Cliffhanger. Uh, this place is Denton. You probably figured that out. Who knew? And that, that description just only covers a few of the challenges that the people in our city face. I think you know that. We're the church plant. We're the new church plant that's needed in the city of Denton. Let me backtrack for just a minute to create a sort of bridge between what Leslie was saying and what I'm saying. Our individual faith is of the utmost importance. Handing control of our lives over to God, submitting to him, picking up our cross daily, being devoted apprentices of Jesus cannot be overstated. It's a must. Here's the problem, though. It's incomplete when we do it on our own. It's missing a huge piece of what God wants to do in the world if I just focus on trying to perfect myself, and I never get beyond that. 
something like what Dallas Willard calls, calls this the gospel of sin management. It's actually similar to what Will was saying earlier. The gospel of sin management basically just revolves around behavior change and doesn't get much further than that. It doesn't sound like gospel to me very much, does it to you? It would be like tuning up a car, changing the oil, detailing it, washing it, filling up the tank, and just parking it in the garage and never going anywhere. So you've got a good, sturdy car, and you're taking good care of it, but what are you going to do with it? Why have a car? So what are we doing here is what I'm talking about. What are we doing here? My first section of this is just our city is in need. I'm really annoyed because the way that I usually scroll on this is actually like flipping pages. And for some reason, it is deciding to um, make me scroll like this, which is super annoying. And I'm very sorry, guys. It's throwing me off. What are we doing here? Our city's in need. Think back to the way I was describing Denton just a moment ago. Maybe that description could fit half the cities in the U.S. or more. Who knows? I think it actually does. That makes me feel totally fine now just knowing that it happens all across the U.S. I feel great now. You know what I mean? It's normal. Just kidding. Definitely not. I, don't, I mean, even if tons of cities fit that description, that's not okay. That's not cool. That's not good. It doesn't make me feel good just knowing something's normal and, and common in our country. You hear me? If I were a betting man, I'd say um, our city is not heading in any different direction on its own. I don't get the sense, having lived in Denton for 11, 12 years, that it's just going to head its own great direction and it's all good and great. And honestly, it doesn't really matter how something, how commonplace something may be for it to be a complete and utter tragedy. A child dying young, an innocent person being killed in a traffic stop, a poor elderly person being scammed out of their money. You get my point. We're drenched in darkness, and I think sometimes we just kind of get hardened to it, numb to it, the tragedies that are just around us that we're used to. These things happening in our world that really um, are sad and really not what God's designed and not what God wants. Does anyone know what the fastest growing religious category is in the U.S.? We've talked about this figure before, but it's been a while. Anyone have any ideas? No, that's a good guess. Anybody else have any ideas? Yes, basically. None. When, people, when you ask the question, what's your affili uh, religious affiliation, closest thing or whatever, none. People have put none. Fastest growing every time they survey it. It's growing like crazy. People who put none. So it's not like some other religions doing amazing or something like that. People are on the whole in the U.S. specifically, this is in the U.S., on the whole moving away from this. These, they're just being none. So yeah, this idea, this situation um, is everywhere in our country. But just more importantly, it's in our city. It's where we live, the people we live next to, shop next to, eat next to, the people who deliver our mail cook our food, pave our roads, Uber our Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash our DoorDash, whatever. These people who God loves right in our city are lost. They're struggling. They need Jesus just as desperately as we need him. Sure, on the surface, many people in our city have what they need to get through the day, maybe, or the week, or the month. And that's the odd paradox for many in our country. Um... Mark Sayers, who's a pastor and also a sociologist kind of person, describes it like this. We're drowning in freedoms. Drowning in freedoms, but thirsting for meaning. Think about that for a second. We have all the freedoms we could want, and we're thirsting for meaning. 
just is killing me. We must keep the state of our city, the need of our city, the need of the people in our, in our city, our neighbors, in front of our minds at all times. God loves them. God loves them. He made them. They're lost and so are we. We were, we were lost. We were just like them. And some of you look a little lost right now, actually, so if you need some more coffee, you can find some or whatever. Get some extra grape juice. Um, my next point, what are we doing here? We need each other. What are we doing here? We need each other. What's the point of church then? We've just established kind of the need of our city. What's the point? Isn't it, does it end up kind of being like a group project where like some people are doing all the work and some people aren't, you know what I mean? That's how some of us, I think, think about it. Um, but have you heard the saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Go together. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It, it works great in the corporate world, too, which I'm guessing might be part of where Justin knows it, too. Does your, does your company use that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> he just knew it. So I think just it's this idea that's very true in the church. It's get it, get it out of your head that being all together is like a drag, <laughs> is outdated. This is an idea that's, I think, common for a lot of our generation. We'd rather be in these small little pockets or just interact online. <laughs> you know what I mean? Getting together is not outdated. It's not a drag. It's cool, okay? <laughs> it's actually the best. And I think 97% of us wouldn't get anywhere, especially in the ministry-wise, on our own. 3% of this room probably would. I think we all know who those people are. But <laughs> most of us need those people desperately, you know, please don't go anywhere. We need each other. <laughs> Hebrews talks about it like this. It just says, don't neglect gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage each other all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's be glad God doesn't ditch us in this group project of human existence, okay? Right. He's doing the heavy lifting. He's doing all the big movement, and he wants us involved. He wants us in it. He wants us as part of this group project of his interaction with humanity, redeeming the world. He actually wants to work with us. What a sweet deal that is, okay? <laughs> That's incredible. It's like we get all kinds of amazing credit for the work that God is doing and we're not even doing. This group idea is ancient, by the way, the idea of being together, being a people. The early church didn't invent it whenever they, they formed after Jesus life and, and started the early church and started spreading. They were just following God's lead, continuing a thread that existed for a while. God kicked it off with Abraham. Remember, we've talked about this a lot as the Old Testament stuff in our sermon series. God said, I'm going to create a huge family for you, Abraham. It'll be my family. I'll bless it. You'll be a blessing to others. I'll bless the world through this family. God's still working to fulfill that exact same promise. Jesus is the continuation of that. He saved the whole plan. It was not heading in a good direction. Jesus saved it. God reconstitutes Israel and Jesus around Jesus. He reconstitutes Israel around Jesus as a family, the family of God. And Jesus is the focal point of this new family. I got to give a plug for New Testament Foundations, the class in college of ministry. He talks about this a ton. Jesus reconstituting Israel around himself as a family, continuing the thread of what Abraham, the promise that God made to Abraham. We're God's people, blessed to be a blessing to others, to fulfill God's purpose for us. We must be his people. We must be his family. We must be a blessing to others and bring people into the family of God. 
Um, he talks about this in Ephesians. It's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God's building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here and what he's building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you, fitting you brick by brick together, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. All of us together, we, I'm not a people. You individually are not a people. We are a people that are being built together, God's people being built together to it as a temple, as a blessing to the rest of the world. You get it? Thank you, Justin. I can always count on you. So what are we doing here? Our city needs us. We're a new church. That's what we decided to call these talks, sort of, and grouping them together. You might be thinking that term feels a little loosely applied in a lot of ways. We planted Denton North in 2014. You know, that's not super new. Uh, church plants are fun and exciting at first. And for many people, that fades. Honestly, so many church plants don't last in the first place. That's a really common statistics. I know two churches in Denton that closed during the pandemic. And I know one that started and closed after the pandemic. So, you know, different situation there. Uh, that's just the ones I know of, just not even trying to do a study, just what I hear around town. I remember the early stages of Denton North, the early excitement and buzz, the way people act and respond and get excited about the new things. It's just kind of interesting how new things are exciting to us. We love the newest thing, you know? It's like easy for marketing to figure that out a long time ago. Just put new on it, you know? Get, make it a different color. Especially the reason why that kind of feeling fades is interesting to me as humans, as I'm sure there's a lot of psychology people have looked into about that. But I can tell you it's not because the needs of our city are going away that the, that the excitement around uh, a church and church plant uh, either fails for some or just kind of decreases for others. It's not because the needs of our city got better. <laughs> it's not because it was like, great, good, all done here. That's not what happened. In fact, I think many things in our city are worse. Yeah. It's just my opinion. Um, and maybe I just know the city better than I used to. Who knows? Um, it's hard to say, but I think things are worse. Are our hearts actually soft to that? Are our hearts actually soft to the needs of our city, to the current situation it's in, the people in our town? Or are they hard and calloused and too used to it? Have we just gotten numb to it? It's more than we individually can really handle and figure out anyway. Is it easier just to become numb and callous to it? We can't just get used to existing and it not be cool anymore as the, the people of God. <laughs> That's super cool, Okay. It's very cool. I feel like it should be cool to us, but we just exist for a while, and it doesn't get cool anymore. But I want to make a bold statement. Our need for existing as a church has never been higher than it is right now in our city. I, just, I believe that to my core. I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it either, so gotcha. Our city desperately needs Jesus. Just go around. Look around our city. Go listen to people. The coffee shops that I hang out in and work on stuff so I can get a, out of a little bit of a break of the chaos of my home sometimes. 
Um, you just hear people's stories. You hear what people are going through. You hear what they're talking about. You hear what's happening in their lives. Um, just go listen, and I think you'll agree. Our city desperately needs Jesus more now than ever. Yeah. Another point I want to make is that we're not the same church that we were in 2014. You probably noticed that. Some of you that were here for then. <laughs> we haven't been the same church every year since then. 15, 16, 17, on and on. We're a new church. We're a new church today. And I'm not making a statement that's sort of basically out with the old. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying this is the church that we are right now. These are the people God has given us. These are the leaders that we have. These are the people that God has brought our way. This is the church that we are right now. What are we going to do? This is who we are. We're not the version that we maybe loved a lot, you know, five years ago or two years ago or whatever, or the version that we really didn't like when we were doing Zoom stuff constantly. Whatever it is, this is the church that we are right now. There's a little bit of reality, I think, that needs to kind of kick in for us there, especially those of us who've been here for a long time and get old and grumpy. What are we doing here? We must be new every semester. We must be a new church every week. We have to be a new church every new day. We must be the church that God wants us to be. Fulfill the role in our city with the people in our city that he wants us to. At whatever given moment or whatever season, we must be his people filled with his spirit to do his work. Amen? Amen. Are we being good news to our city? Think about that for a second. Are we being good news to our city? The people of our city are looking for good news. And they will go somewhere to find it. And it's being offered to them from every app, every advertisement, all over the place. The promise, is at least sort of the dangling carrot of good news is everywhere. People are going to go somewhere to look for it. They're looking for it, they're chasing it, and tons of somebody's want to take advantage of that and give them something else. It's actually a perfect situation for the enemy to take advantage of, too. We're looking for something. Everyone is. Are we being good news to our city? Are we able to step into that, that search that people have? We're still planting a church. That's why it was okay for me to say we're a new church plant, okay? Because it counts. We're still planting our church. We're still establishing ourselves. We'll have to talk about a moment ago. As for us and our house... We will serve the Lord. We'll be God's people in our town. We're still doing that. We're still planting ourselves. I'm sure the word new is cool, and we've said it a lot. We understand that that's like something that's attractive to us, and that's why we put it in the title of this. We're a new church. Uh, But you know what's cooler than new? Building something, establishing something that God can use and keep using for a long time. It's not up to us how long we'll be here and how long we'll be doing what we're doing, but isn't it much cooler to build something that God can use and, and lasts um, and not just a flash in the pan, temporary kind of feeling thing, that's cooler than new. I've many times thought about, like, I could write a long, you know, Mighty Networks post about that, but you guys will just have to wait and see if I get enough time or inspiration. We're building something, and we need you. And the people of Denton need you. They really do. I don't know if you believe that, but I do. <laughs> You got to think about it. You got to realize that they need you. The people of Denton need you. In Denton, we've also just always had a harder time keeping people once they graduate. It's like always been the case for us up in Denton because of job locations and marriages and whatever else. And I don't have a chip on my shoulder about it, okay? So don't ask. 
I'm not little. <laughs> okay? I'm fine. But students, we need you guys. Yeah. We need you guys. We need you on campus doing the incredible job you're doing, reaching your fellow students. Mm-hmm. That's hard work. That's hard work. We need you here. We need your love and excitement and energy and zeal when you're with us. It's huge for us. Many of us left our zeal in the several pairs of pants ago that we outgrew. Um, and we need you. We need that from you. And we need you to be an example to bless our city. Graduates, we need you. We need a lot of you to catch a vision for the city of Denton, for the need here. We need you to remind us old-timers how to get weird and do outreach and get uncomfortable. We need you to be the next small group leaders, the next one-on-one Bible study with someone who's older than you probably. We need you to lead that stuff. We need you to help us build this thing. We need you to be an example to bless our city. We need you single adults. We need your devotion and friendship and leadership and the skills that are unique specifically to each one of you. We need your example to bless this city. We need you married couples. We need your teamwork, sacrifice, hospitality, outreach to your neighbors, whatever it is. You you have an avenue for outreach that some people don't have. You have it. We need your example to bless this city. We need you parents. We need your kids because they're cute and entertaining. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But we also need your teamwork, your sacrifice, your hospitality, your avenue for outreach that you have with other parents. We need you to raise the next generation of disciples, and we are here to help you. We need your kids to love their friends and their classmates when they're in school. We need you and your kids to be an example to bless our city. Denton is also just a really tough environment spiritually. We have like a track record of various pastors or ministers or leaders just burning the heck out in Denton. Hard, okay? It can happen anywhere, but I think we get a share of it in Denton that's interesting to me. I can't put my finger on it. We've had that happen a lot. It's a hard place to minister. It seems like, like, isn't that a weird suburban kind of north of DFW town? Like on the surface, it seems like that's an odd statement. But it just, it's just, I don't know what to tell you. It's just what happens. It's hard. Um, it can't keep happening. We need more leaders. We need more ministers. We need some of you to be ministers right here in Denton with us. And we need some of you to, we need even more leaders and ministers so that we can send you out somewhere else whenever the time's right for that. We need a lot of ministers, leaders, um, and we need more than we actually need for our own church. We need to be able to think about multiplying. That's just all of that. So, you know, our city is in need. We need each other, and our city needs us. Okay? That's why we're here. That's what we're doing here. That's all a very long way around making some of the same points that we've talked about a lot in a new way. We're here to make mature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. Sometimes just shaking the language up helps us reintroduce to it. That's what we, our city needs, what our people need. We need to be a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. We need our hearts to do that as well, over and over again, but we need there's people in our city whose hearts need to change and their lives need to turn toward God. Um, we need to be a people that's marked by simple devotion to Jesus, mm-hmm. not some high, unrelatable, pious, righteous, Bible-thumping, whatever you want to say. We need to be people marked by simple devotion to Jesus, humility to him. 
warm community. I don't know if you've ever tried to be a warm community on your own, but you can't do it. <laughs> you just can't. We need to be people marked by that. We need to be, be people marked by deep relationships. Again, something you can't do on your own. I guess we all have sort of an intimate, deep relationship with ourselves, but most of us, yeah, I, I definitely related to what Will was saying, tune that out, actually. We'd rather just <laughs> fill our time with stuff. We need to be a people marked by deep relationships with each other. It takes all of us to do that. We need to be a people marked by a love of God's word that we love. It's still relevant to us and important to us and key and crucial to us. It is how, one of the best ways we know God in this day where it seems to many people outdated and also it's just hard to understand. We need to be people marked by a love for God's word, not just a like reverence or respect or appreciation for it or whatever, a love of God's word. We need to be people marked by growing leaders, investing in people, wanting to help them grow, wanting to put a Bible in their hand at a FOJ study or whatever it is in a small group curriculum and let them lead and grow and reach people. We need to be people marked by that. We need to be people marked by everyday outreach, that we're always looking for who we can reach to, who, who we can talk to, who we can love, who we can invest in, who we can spend time with every day, the people that we encounter, that we cross paths with. It needs to mark our church and our people. Um, I had a hard time kind of thinking of, of a, a way to land this, and I came across this prayer that I hadn't read in a long time um, that Jesus prays with his disciples after the Last Supper. Um, and I don't want to do a lot of commentary around it. I just want to read it to you guys and let it hit you where you are. There's a lot of good stuff there. If you want to follow along, you totally can. It's in John 17. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to read it straight and um, afterward not say anything about it and just let you let it do what it will. Then raising his eyes in prayer, Jesus said, Father, it's time. Display the bright splendor of your son so the son in turn may show your bright splendor. You put him in charge of everything human so he might give real and eternal life to all in his charge. Eternal life, that's the thing that we get to be these channels of. And this is the real and eternal life, that they know you, the one and the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you sent. I glorified you on earth by comple completing down to the very last detail what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. I spelled out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me. They were yours in the first place, and then you gave them to me. Now they have now done what you've said. They now know, they know now, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. From the message you gave me, I gave them, and they took it and were convinced that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the God-rejecting world, but for those you gave me, for they're yours by right. Everything mine is yours and yours is mine. My life is on display in them. I'm no longer visible in the world. They'll continue in the world while I return to you. Holy Father, guard them as they pursue this life that you conferred as a gift through me so they can be one heart and mind, 
as we are one heart and mind. As long as I was with them, I guarded them in the pursuit of the life you gave through me. I even posted a night watch. Not one of them got away, except for the rebel bent on destruction. Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it, because they didn't just join the world's ways. Just as I didn't join the world's ways, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world, but that you guard them from the evil one. They're no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with truth. Your word is consecrating truth. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sakes, so there'll be truth consecrated in their mission. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart, one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and one mind with us. Then the whole world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them, so they'll be as unified together as we are. I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way that you've loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you and these disciples that you sent me on this mission. I have made you very, your very being known to them, who you are and what you do and continue to make it known so your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. Lord, I just pray that these words Jesus prayed over the disciples um, and us today as included um, in the people who will believe because of them. Oh, Lord, help us just to understand this uh, relational um, style you have. It's not about the doing. So much of this prayer talks about just the being one, knowing you, Father. Help us to know you. Help us to just be refreshed in this individual faith and not grow tired or numb or weary or whatever, Lord. And also help us to extend beyond that to this collective um, church, to this group you've given us, the people that you want us to be. Father, I just ask you to help our church be the church you need us to be. Lord, help us be the church that we need to be for our city. God, make us, make us aware of the needs. Help us be really involved in our town. Help us care for what is um, ailing the people that we're around, the, the things that are hurting them, the um, difficulties that they're having, the struggles they have. Lord, give us a heart for your people like you have for your people. Give us a heart for people like you had for us, the love that you had for us before we even knew you, Lord. God, help us be one with you. Help us to be with you, become like you, and do what you did. Lord, help us to just never lose sight of that and not get used to this, like things fade away and stop being new and stops being cool. The need is there, Lord. Help us. Help us really see that. Lord, help us just, and give us the energy. It's a tiring work, um, but you continue to call us to yourself. 
you continue to call others as well. Help us um, realize the good news always needs to be preached. The good news always needs to be shared. Um, Lord, thank you for being the one who really does the transforming of hearts, that we just get to be messengers, just channels. Thank you that you really do that, and thank you that you did that to us. Lord, we just give this church to you, these people to you, this, uh, we give ourselves to you, our Lord, just, I just pray that you'd make us what you want us to be for the season that you want us to do it. Um, we just cry out to you, God, we need you desperately, and we can't do this without you. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.